This is the Stand with Lynette podcast. You have episode 26, The Simple Commandment We All Break. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepard, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker, you are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Stand with Lynette. Last week, I read an interview that was published on the Church News Podcast back in May of this year. Sherry Dew interviewed Elder Jeffrey R. Holland and his wife, Patricia. Elder Holland has long been one of my favorite apostles, and Sherry Dew is one of my personal heroes because she literally changed my life back when I was a young mom. You can listen to episode four if you want to hear more about that story. But with that all-star lineup, I knew that this interview would not disappoint, and it did not disappoint. I cannot wait to tell you about what I learned. But first, can I ask you for a favor? This podcast was born just over six months ago, and I have loved producing it for you. It is still in its infancy, and I would love to be able to reach more people and help them along their journey back to Jesus. If you have benefited from this podcast at all in the last six months, would you please take a minute and leave a review? More reviews means more people are interested, which means Apple will show the podcast to a wider audience, which will in turn allow me to strengthen more women on their journeys of faith. Would you be willing to help me with this one little thing? I thank you in advance for leaving a review. You could even pause this podcast and do it right now. It's not hard. It doesn't take very long. And I would be so much more grateful than you even realize. Now, let's get back to that interview with some of my favorite people. Sherry Dew was the interviewer, and she asked loads of questions. But one question, and Elder Holland's response to that question, has repeatedly returned to my mind in the days since hearing it. Sister Dew asked, Sometimes you've got to teach something that's just hard to hear. How do you deal with that as a prophet, seer, and revelator, charged with teaching truth, and you want to touch every human soul in the most tender way possible? Elder Holland's response has been playing on repeat in my mind ever since. He said, Well, you've put your finger on among the most difficult things that we do and face, and that is, Paul said, teach the truth with love, and that's the standard we all carry. We want to teach the truth, but we want to do it right. We want to do it carefully and not give offense where we shouldn't. But on the other hand, sometimes the truth offends, and that's no excuse for insensitivity. It's no excuse for bluntness. And so I, and I guess everyone else, but certainly I, need to work hard as a member of the Quorum of the Twelve at just saying it the best way possible that I could that would not hurt anyone needlessly or intentionally. But my first obligation is to love God. That's the first commandment. I have to be honorable with him and in my relationship with God. And then when I do that, I'm entitled, I'm enabled, I'm magnified in order to love my neighbor and help my neighborhood. But it's got to be in that order, that the two should go together. They're not incompatible, but it's in that order. Close quote. Listening to his explanation, it hit me with great force that society has mixed up the order of the first two great commandments. 
The first being to love God and the second being to love our neighbor. Rather than loving God first, the world teaches that we should love ourselves first and then others, and then maybe we will get around to loving God at some point. But if we approach love in that order, we may never get to loving God because, as John explained in the New Testament, loving God means keeping his commandments. And sometimes God's commandments are at odds with what we may choose to do if we put our personal desires or our love of others ahead of God on our list of priorities. Shortly after the Savior's death, several of the apostles were on the seashore pondering what to do next. Just three years prior, they had left their nets on the shore and agreed to follow Jesus. Three years is the blink of an eye in the overall scheme of life. Yes, they had witnessed miracles and seen firsthand the power of Christ. He had taught them well and showed them the way which had always been to follow him. But now that he was gone, how could they follow him? What were they to do in this set of circumstances? Peter finally decided that he would go back to the comfort of what he knew best, fishing. And the other disciples followed him. They fished all night and came up empty-handed. And then when the morning came, they set out for the shore. And a man on the shore called out to them and asked if they had caught anything. When they told them they had not caught a single fish all night long, he encouraged them to cast their nets on the right side of the ship. And after doing so, the net was soon overflowing with fish. It was then that they recognized this man on the shore. They knew that it was the Lord whom they had just seen a few days earlier hanging on the cross. And Peter, in all of his characteristic exuberance, jumped overboard and swam to the master on the shore. After they ate fish together, the Lord pulled Peter aside and asked him a question that would forever change his life. Lovest thou me more than these? What was he referring to when he said these? Was it the fish? The shore? The life he had asked Peter to leave behind three years earlier when he had beckoned him to follow me? To whatever Jesus was referring, Peter answered without much thought, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And then the master's invitation, Feed my lambs. Without skipping a beat, Jesus again asked Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? To which Peter again answered, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Again, the invitation, feed my sheep. And a third time Jesus asked, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? At this point, Peter was grieved. Had not the master heard him the first two times? Did he not believe Peter's answer was truthful? Peter had, in fact, just a few days earlier, denied the Lord three times. Perhaps that played in to the three-time repetition of the same instruction. But whatever the reason behind the Savior's repeated question, Peter again said, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And what was the Lord's reply? The same three words he had already said twice, feed my sheep. Knowing he would again leave Peter and the other apostles to lead the church without his physical presence, Jesus could have said a million things in that moment. But his thrice-repeated question mimicked his first great commandment, Lovest thou me more than these? And then, when Peter answered in the affirmative three times, his instruction mimicked the second great commandment, Feed my sheep. It was almost as if the Savior was telling Peter, 
I know things are going to be hard here without me. The new gospel I have taught you will be difficult to maintain, but I did not call you to walk with me for just three years. I called you to walk with me forever. And if you are going to have the strength and courage to face all the hardships that come with this work, you must love me more than anyone or anything else. You must put me ahead of your personal desires, your fears, your insecurities. And then once you have placed me and only me in the center of your life, you will know how to love yourself and others in a way that supports the work I need you to do. If you get the order wrong, the work will not be sustainable. From that moment forward, Peter did not waver. He left his nets for good and became a fisher of men for the rest of his life. He soon took the Savior's gospel to the people at great personal sacrifice. He faced the hardships and ultimate death that awaited him with courage and with faith. And never again did he doubt or deny the Lord, the Savior, Jesus Christ. Understanding the first great commandment and why it needed to come first opened the doors to a lifetime of devoted discipleship for Peter. And we, too, need to get the order right. Not quite a year ago, I was hiking and praying, as I often do. I was at this time feeling a little bit sorry for myself and complaining to the Lord because I could not seem to make progress in an area of my life that I had been working on for years. While I laid out my worries, I felt the Lord's spirit close to me, and tears stung my eyes. And then I heard these words in my mind, Lynette, lovest thou me more than these hills? Would you still love me if you could no longer hike? Well, that was not a thought I was expecting. And actually, it kind of worried me because that felt foreboding. Was something awful going to happen to me to make it impossible for me to hike on these hills every day? The hills were my personal mountain of the Lord. I loved them because I felt the presence of the Lord while on that trail. The thought of losing that connection to heaven because I could no longer be in the place where I felt it was devastating. After wrestling with the Lord's question for a little while, I told him I thought I had proven to him again and again that I loved him. I had on many occasions followed him into the darkness even when it terrified me. Was that not proof enough of my love and devotion? And then I heard this response in my mind. I need you to love me more than everything else you love. And then I need you to feed my sheep. Set aside your pride, set aside your fear, set aside your worry, and get to work. At that moment, I felt both chastened and empowered. The Lord's chastening often feels that way. But what exactly did it look like to love the Lord more than anything else I loved? And how could I possibly do it? I have been wrestling with that question for the past eight months, and I will admit that I do not always get it right. I have noticed, though, that I always struggle when I get the order of love wrong. When serving others feels like a burden, I do not have the order right. I am putting my personal desires ahead of my love for God. When I worry about what people might think of me, I do not have the order right. I am putting my pride ahead of my love of God. When I am afraid to stand for truth amid conflict, I do not have the order right. I am putting myself and how others perceive me ahead of my love of God. When I ignore promptings that are inconvenient or scary, I do not have the order right. I am giving greater priority to comfort than to God. 
Can you relate? Have you ever experienced any of these things or something similar in your life? There have been times in my life where the Lord has given me clear, unmistakable promptings to do or say certain things that did not seem to make sense. For example, following an undeniable prompting led me to open my mouth and say things that offended certain members of my extended family. Another unmistakable prompting led my family to move, which put us into a precarious financial position that was extremely stressful and lasted for many years. In the aftermath of those scenarios and others like them, I would often go to the Lord and ask if I had heard him incorrectly. This does not seem to make sense, I would tell him. It has made our situation worse instead of better. It seems to have driven a wedge between me and certain family members. Why would you ask me to do these things? Once, I even tried to tell the Lord what I would and would not do. I said things like, okay, if you want me to take that path, then this is how it's going to go. I then proceeded to lay out a list of demands. And if the Lord met those demands, then I would take his prescribed path. Let's just say that it did not go over very well. Within days of this bold declaration to the Lord, God sent me several different messages through several different means that all said one thing. Stop counseling the Lord. I was so blinded by my own agenda that I did not even realize I was telling the Lord how best to lead me. I thought I knew what I needed and it was not the path that the Lord had laid out for me because that path that he had shown me was littered with sticky situations that could potentially cause offense or discomfort for me or for others. Lovest thou me more than these? More than your comfort? More than financial security? More than potential conflict over truth? Are you willing to go wherever I lead you, even if it doesn't seem to make sense? That was a wake-up call for me. How could I love God more than all of that and trust that he would guide me through the sticky spots? How could I be like Peter, willing to yield my life to God forever, no matter where that path might lead? One question God often asks me is, do you trust me? And of course, I don't even think before answering that question with a resounding, yes, yes, I trust you. But sometimes my actions say otherwise. Sometimes I get the order of love wrong, putting myself or others or worldly pursuits ahead of my love of God, thus breaking the first commandment to love him first. But let's be honest. Sometimes it is hard to get the order of love correct. Sometimes choosing ourselves or others ahead of God feels like the right thing to do because God wouldn't want us to say or do things that might offend other people, right? He would want us to be sensitive, right? To avoid hard topics and speak, as it says in Isaiah, about smooth things that do not make anyone uncomfortable, right? In his iconic General Conference address entitled, The Costs and Blessings of Discipleship, my favorite Jeffrey R. Holland said this, Sadly enough, my young friends, it is a characteristic of our age that if people want any gods at all, they want them to be gods who do not demand much, comfortable gods, smooth gods, who not only don't rock the boat, but don't even row it. Guys, gods who pat us on the head, make us giggle, then tell us to run along and pick marigolds. 
Talk about man creating God in his own image. Sometimes, and this seems the greatest irony of all, these folks invoke the name of Jesus as one who was this kind of comfortable God. Really? He who said, not only should we not break commandments, but we should not even think about breaking them? And if we do think about breaking them, we have already broken them in our heart? Does that sound like comfortable doctrine, easy on the ear, and popular down at the village Levin? And what of those who just want to look at sin or touch it from a distance? Jesus said with a flash, If your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. I came not to bring peace but a sword. He warned those who thought he spoke only soothing platitudes. No wonder that sermon after sermon the local communities prayed him to depart out of their coasts. No wonder miracle after miracle his power was attributed not to God but to the devil. It is obvious that the bumper sticker question, what would Jesus do? will not always bring a popular response. Close quote. As members of the Lord's Restored Church and as covenant women who stand, we have been charged with helping to gather Israel. And in order to gather, there will be times when we will be called upon to stand up, speak out, and defend the Savior in a world that is turning away from Him, in a world that loudly protests any ideas that are not easy on the ears. And let's be honest, the Lord's commandments do not fall into the easy on the ears category. That gathering, that defending will likely not be comfortable for us at times or for others who don't like what we have to say. But that doesn't mean we should back down and stay silent. As Elder Holland said in the interview with Sister Dew, we want to teach the truth, but we want to do it right. We want to do it carefully and not give offense where we shouldn't. But my first obligation is to love God. That's the first commandment. I have to be honorable with him and in my relationship with God. And then when I do that, I'm entitled, I'm enabled, I'm magnified in order to love my neighbor and help my neighborhood. That doesn't mean we should go around picking fights and shoving our beliefs down the throats of everyone we know. It means that we should put God first. And in doing so, he will show us how to love our neighbors and to love ourselves better. He will show us how to be both bold and compassionate. He will tell us when to speak and when to remain silent. Even Jesus chose at times to remain silent rather than defend himself or his father. And we too will probably need to walk that line from time to time. But here's the crux, my friends. In a world of deteriorating values and increasing hostility directed toward believers, finding the delicate balance between loving God and loving others is not easy. But if we get the order correct, it is possible. Lovest thou me more than these? Feed my sheep. I pray that each of us will get to the point where, like Peter of old, our actions always prove that we love the Lord more than anything else, more than any one else. When the bridegroom comes again, I want to be at the wedding feast, and I want to see you there too. But for that to happen, we must prepare now by learning to put him first. And while that is easier said than done, a million times easier said than done, I have faith that he will meet us where we are. He will strengthen our feeble knees and invite us again and again to follow him. Not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but forever. So let's work on this together, my friends. Let us pray to know how to put God first and then do whatever he tells us, which is your shine challenge for this week. To pray to know how to put God first and then to do whatever he tells you. Together, let's work on this this week, my friends. And together, let's 
stance. Thanks for being here. I will see you back here again next week. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepard. That's two N's, two P's, and an A-R-D, or at LynetteShepard.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again, and remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.